Have you ever heard a musical artist described as having great chops? What does that mean? Well, the term chops is slang in the music business that refers to an artist that has developed great skills over time, whether they are a musician, composer, producer, or other titles associated with the music business. This is Scott Grimaldi, your host of Got Chops. Join me as I interview one musical artist per episode that I've had the pleasure of either performing, recording, or work with in my career. Plus, I'll be interviewing artists I've always wanted to speak with. We'll discover how each artist developed their chops, listen to their stories, and much more. This is Got Chops. My special guest artist for today is one of the most respected trumpet players around. After graduating from the Eastman School of Music, where he studied with recording artist Chuck Mangione, he toured as the lead trumpet player with the Jazz Ambassadors of the U.S. Army Field Band in Washington, D.C. Three years later, he became a member of the legendary Maynard Ferguson Orchestra for five years and can be heard on four of Maynard's albums. By the way... That's him playing the trumpet solo on the track behind me when he was featured in Maynard's band. He is a first-rate musician, a veteran of dozens of Broadway shows, a member of the Tony Awards Orchestra for over a decade, 25 years as a member of the Thad Jones Mel Lewis Orchestra, and has played behind iconic artists ranging from Frank Sinatra to Aretha Franklin, and not to mention countless other musical artists. Over the years, I've had the good fortune of playing in different horn sections with this trumpet player for various stage shows, pit orchestras, recording sessions, and other types of gigs that we were both contracted to play on. Without a doubt, this trumpet player certainly got chops. Please welcome my friend, Joe Mazzello. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hey, I'm fine. How are you doing, Scott? I'm good. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview with me. I really appreciate it. Um, to tell the audience, you and I have been friends and colleagues for many, many years on various different bandstands, different genres of music. Um, and it's just a pleasure for me now to introduce you to people in the audience that are listening who might not know who you are, but interested in finding out who you are. I'm sure your friends, your family, your students certainly know who you are, and they're going to hear these things that um, they are familiar with when you tell them. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered to be asked uh, by you to, to do this, first of all. My pleasure. So let me ask you, what does the music slang got chops mean to you? Well, I, I think it's just the, the person's ability to, to get the job done, like whatever whatever's put in front of you, uh, you know, what, whatever type of music is put in front of you that you'll you'll get the job done as far as uh, all the aspects, you know, playing it uh, correctly uh, and, and, and quickly. Uh, you know, and being able, being able to, to, to really do all, have a lot of hats. In other words, be able to play any style very well. So he's got chops. In other words, uh, he can, he can really, anything you put in front of him, he's going to, he's going to be able to play it. Absolutely. And I know Joe Mozilla very well. And uh, any music I've ever seen, any conductor, contractor, arranger, composer put in front of him nails it the first time. So one of the things that he mentioned is you have to wear different hats. So besides playing different types of music and styles and key signatures and time signatures, you have to have down pat how to sight read. So he's got that skill down. That's so important, uh, you know, time is time is money so you know whoever hires you wants you to be able to play what's put in front of you you know as quickly as possible so you have to really have the reading together you 
you have to be able to almost the first time you play it, be able to play it down perfectly. Absolutely. And I tell my students that when I broke into the uh, music business, especially the recording industry, you sign the union papers. They, it was it was a three-hour call or whatever it was. You had the certain instruments you had to play. They would put the music in front of you. Uh, they might play the track. They might not. They would explain the style. And then the first take, that's what they're going for because they have to get you in and out. And you and I have both had that experience. Whereas today, if you call for a recording session, it's someone's home studio or a studio where they're, they're renting space, but it's more lax. It's more like, okay, well, let's try another take. Let's try another take because they yeah. have all the time in the world because it's their project, but not back then. Yeah, true. That That is true. Being the home studio thing is a little more relaxed. Uh, but it was very stressful in, in the studios, like in New York, and you had to... Uh, you're really under the gun and and you had to you had to perform accurately and and uh and the in the way they wanted uh, almost immediately absolutely so do you have any philosophies or catchphrases that you use well i i mean of course i i always always do your best that's that's and 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 be early always be early when you when you're asked to do something at a certain place the, the the last thing a person wants when they hire you is to be worrying look looking at their watch and saying where is he so you so i'm a i'm a i'm a nut with with being early i'll i'll be i'll be an hour early for for a job i'd rather sit there and and have the the person that hired me have the peace of mind that I'm there, than than worrying where I am. So it's so uh, always do your best, be early, and and I think uh, you know there's more to a job than just playing well. I mean it's getting along with everybody. Like a, they're not going to hire somebody again for a job if, if they if the guy doesn't guy or girl doesn't have any personality and, and, and really, you know, is fun to be with. So there's a lot more than just the playing. Um, you know, I, I so get along with everybody and and uh, that would be a, the three things. Do your best, be early and, and get along with everybody. I agree. And anyone that we've worked for, uh, that's exactly what they were looking for. And there are times where they would hire you know, a hotshot uh, jazz player, great chops, but never played the idiom that, you know, the, or the genre that was in front of us and didn't really fit in. And uh, they were never there again. That's a good that's a good word for fitting in. Um uh... And there's a lot of friends of mine that you know they'll they'll say, "God, gosh, we have to we have to hire so and so. He he's he's just he's just is so so much fun to be with and mm -hmm. makes the makes the hang so much better." Um, you know, and and these are the people that get hired more often. Like myself, you're a gun for hire. We study classical, we study jazz, we can play those idioms, pop rock and all that stuff. But we were brought up in an age where you learn your craft, you learn your instruments, uh, you go to a gig, you sight read, you leave, you go to the next one. It's not like, okay, a jazz club, yes, you have your tunes, you have to prepare them. But here it's different. You know, we have a different mindset. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like like actors, uh, you know, they'll get stereotyped in a certain role, and um, and I, you know, I I get a majority of the my work, you know, in in uh, like a big band type of idiom, uh, you know, where I'm playing lead, but I I long for like a classical classical or classically oriented job. Or you know, or I have to do a something like that. That's I don't want to be uh, 
I don't want to be just like the the bad guy roles, you know. <laughs> I want to I want to have a uh, a little uh, diversity in in the types of things I play. But so I I long I long for the the classical jobs and the uh, you know things like that. So what got you interested in playing the trumpet? I was in second grade, and my uncle, who, who who was the person that started teaching me, he brought his son over to my parents' house, and to play, and and I so here I am, uh, hearing my cousin play the trumpet, and and I was just like, my mouth was. My my mouth opened wide and my eyes and, and I just said, oh, my gosh, that's I want to do that. <laughs> it was I mean, I'd always uh, been musically inclined, you know, as a growing up with, you know, toy instruments and, else, you know, you know, and my my father was a musician, too. Uh, but this 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 time when it, when I heard him play, that was it. So my uncle said, "Well, listen, if you if you want to if you want to play, I'll come and 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 start you like like I did my son." So so my uncle was the first teacher I had, and uh, that was it. I started in second grade. I mean, most kids now I do demos in the schools. I you know the show the kids the instruments what do they usually start like a third or fourth grade fourth grade mostly yeah so i i was a little young to start but uh i started taking lessons in second grade and then my high school band it, it, there wasn't in my hometown I, it wasn't like an elementary band a middle school band and a high school band the high school band was grades you know, third, third to 12, three to 12, third grade to 12th grade. So when we'd march down a street in a parade, you'd have like tall people and you'd have little, little musicians that were three, three or four feet, four feet tall. And people would be like, you know, like smiling and, 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 and couldn't get over the, you know, the different ages. So wow. I played, I played, I joined the high school band, I think in fourth grade. And so I think, and we had a great band. Uh, I, I always say if I'd grown up in, in the town, like right next to mine, I, I wouldn't be in music today. It's, it's funny how things work like that. We, we had a great band director and great music program and, but the, yeah, but the band was like all ages from grade school up to high school. And I and as I got better at playing and, you know, he featured me a lot uh, when we do a in our marching band uh, shows. You know, he, he would I was always like the soloist. And so I I I, I knew pretty much in high school that I was going to go on and, and make a career out of it. Interesting. So where did you grow up? Well, Mount Carmel, Pennsylvania, it's a small town in the, I always say in the Scranton Wilkesbury area or the Allentown Bethlehem area. Um, it's about three hour, a three hour drive from New York city directly West and um, like I said, it was a, it was a, a great uh, program there, and uh, I was able to to you know rise to the point where I was a, a featured all the time. And then I had a I had a teacher. Uh, well, after my uncle was teaching me, I in seventh grade, I started studying with. The brass, uh, the head of the brass uh, department at Susquehanna University, and he was a trombone player. So I, I actually studied my from seventh grade to twelfth grade with a 
with a Curtis Curtis Institute graduate, and that's for people who don't know is you know one of the top music schools in the country. Like, like I always think of Juilliard and Curtis and Eastman as the as the three top top schools. But anyway, he he taught me. In seventh grade, my father would take me down to, to the college and I was taking lessons with him. And uh, he he was very encouraging too, like to, you know, mentioning to, to take being music as a as a profession. So wow. I got good instruction and was in a great program, a great high school program. But so my destiny was pretty, pretty early outline pretty early and you had all this encouragement from home and at school and all these different grades so at that time how long did you practice the trumpet geez uh, i used to remember my mom you know because i was i practiced down in the basement she'd go joey joey stop already you know like <laughs> you're you know come come up and take a you know eat something or take a take a rest I practiced, you know, I was playing a lot in uh, in high So early on, I, I, I did practice a lot. And even into college, I, I practiced a lot. Now, today, nowadays, <laughs> it might be a little less. Okay, so let me ask you, back then, what were your daily music routines? Hmm. Well, you know, the Arben book, which is like the Bible for trumpet players. Yes. Uh, you know, that was the book I, I started with and I did all the usual things that a brass player does, you know, long tones and scales and, but I'll tell you, I, I'd put records on of trumpet players and we'll, we'll get into who they are here, but, uh, I just would listen and, and this is where I developed playing by ear a little bit. I would, I would try to play what they were playing on these recordings or play along with them. So I, uh, I kind of deviated a little from the formal practice a lot of times and just would play along with recordings. Well, that's your um, combination of your classical and jazz because people that study mm -hmm. jazz, they're so anxious to, after reading the music, go out there, start transcribing, listening to records, and so you were doing the same thing at a very early age. That's great. Yeah, it's it's the feel you get. Like that's where I got the you know the the time feel and and the uh, the style and uh, listening to these players and trying to emulate how they played because it's not just reading the notes on the paper. You know, it, it's it's making music out of it and and uh, bringing it to life. You know. So those musical artists that you were listening to and trying to play along with, of course, they inspired you. Are they the same artists that continue to inspire you today? And could you name a few of them? They were from the beginning to this day. <laughs> and uh, and I was lucky to work with one of them in my career. <laughs> but Maynard Ferguson, uh, he was a Canadian-born and uh, he's not with us today. He passed in 2006, I believe. But I played with on his band in, from 1975 to 1980. And I did. I did. I was blessed to to, to be on his band and and do do uh, let's see one, two, three, four recordings with him. And um, I, he was one of the ones I I played in those early days my band director you know was a a fan of maynard's and so he he said joey come over here i want you to hear this and i geez i was like in eighth ninth grade or something and uh and again it was another pivotal moment when i first heard maynard on a recording i couldn't believe it that somebody can do this on the trumpet because this, he, you know, he played, his specialty was playing in the upper register, but he, but the sound he had and the, and the, the, the you know, the feeling he put into the music and the, 
playing from his heart and, and, and it wasn't just the all high notes. He could improvise. He had the range. He had a great sound in the lower register too. But Maynard was one. Uh, Al Hurt was another trumpet player. And, and my parents were the, you know, they'd get these recordings for me. So I, you know, they were, I have them to thank. I mean, they would get me Al Hurt recordings and I wore them out. He was a, another trumpet, trumpet player. And, and then Doc Severinsen. Those are the three trumpet players that had the most influence on me. And, and I'm, I'm happy to say that Doc is still alive today. He's like 93, I think. So he continues to be an inspiration, uh, you know, for us old guys that think we're we're winding down our careers. And you see somebody that's 20 years older than me. Uh oh, I'm giving my age away here. Um, <laughs> You're 45, right? <laughs> to still still see somebody, you know, playing that great at that level, and he was great to listen to. All three of them in high school. I just wore their records out. Well, if I can add to a couple of things that you were just talking about, it sounds like your upbringing and who you were inspired by, it sounds like the household that I was brought up in. Uh, you and I have talked about this. My father was a trumpet player, and um, mostly in the house, we would just hear all trumpet music of the same artist you just mentioned. And to wow. this day, when we go to visit my mom and dad, uh, you know, we're in the kitchen, we're eating, and then all of a sudden he escapes. He comes back with his iPad and he starts playing, you know, every, you know, famous trumpet player that you're mentioning. Do you know this video? Do you know that video? And in the last, I think, five, six years since you've seen you and I perform together um, and he knows who you've been with, he always pulls up the videos. Look, do you know this one with Joe playing with, with Maynard? This is fantastic. It was it was a blessing to uh, to get to play with Maynard. That was probably the the highlight of my my life. To get the the timeline, like I graduated from high school in '67, and then I went to the Eastman School of Music for four years. So I graduated from Eastman in 71. And then I went, I went into a service band in, in Washington, the, the Jazz Ambassadors, it's called. So I got to play lead in a, in a jazz band for the three years I was in the Army. And, uh, and so that was 71 to 74. And then, I, and then I got with Maynard in 75 and was with him for five years. To 1980. Going back to um, your time with Maynard, so you mentioned 75. Um, that's when I graduated high school and started Berkeley College of Music. So I think it was the summer before I went to Berkeley, and uh, a bunch of friends of mine and, and I went to see you play somewhere in New Jersey. And, you know, we had all the albums. And as soon as you guys came on stage, you know, our jaws dropped because, you know, you know how great Maynard was. Yeah, he's he's something to see in person. <laughs> Every one of the trumpet players, yourself and all the other guys, I mean, just, oh, my God, everyone is just a lead trumpet player. I mean, you must have had a great time playing with those guys, and do you ever see them since that time? One of the guys is right here in New York, so I, I see him a lot. Um, one of the guys lives in Florida, but... Um, you know, we'll we'll talk on so on Facebook, uh, or you know, we'll we'll talk uh, uh, talk on the phone maybe, but I don't. It's hard to see them in person because because we live live all over the place. I mean, Maynard, he was just a great person not not only a play a musician, but just a great person to work for. He didn't have an ego like he he loved featuring everybody on the band. It wasn't like I'm gonna do everything. Uh, he, you know, he he enjoyed listening to the to the guys in the band. So he just loved to feature everybody. Just phenomenal. Just a phenomenal person. And a lot of those guys came out of that band as superstars. I think when you were with the band, you were with Peter Erskine on drums. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I came to New York for Maynard's band and it opened up so many doors uh, when I got to New York quicker than than you the normal time where you'd have to come to New York and try to establish yourself. And, and sometimes it would take take years. And and when I got to New York, uh, just know just the people knowing that I. Oh, he he just came from Maynard Ferguson's band. It it, it just gave me the a more immediate respect, and so I got I got opportunities a lot quicker because of that. Well, let me ask you: before Maynard, I know you were with the uh, Jazz Ambassadors in Washington. I mean, that itself is just a great gig. Going from there, you went to Maynard. How did you get connected with Maynard Ferguson and him selecting you? Wow, that's a and that's a good question. Um, I was literally a pest. I mean, I I went to hear Maynard anywhere within a hundred mile radius of walk. Like I'd go to Baltimore. I'd go to, I'd go to high schools in Virginia. I'd go to Pennsylvania. Even uh, I mean, and guys in the band would say, "Oh, oh, geez, there, there, here he is again." You know, it's like <laughs> I, I just, I just. Oh, I went to hear him wherever I could. And, and, um, but you know, Maynard doesn't really hire the people for his band. Like he, he didn't know who, who the trumpet players were. He would ask his trumpet section, mm-hmm. Hey guys, you know, um, uh, we're going to need another trumpet. Cause one, you know, one of the, cause guys come and go in the band. They, I mean, so, you know, when when somebody leaves, he a trumpet player leaves. He asks the other trumpet players, "Who do you want to have uh, join us?" So when I went, so when I went to hear Maynard all over the place, I got to I wanted I talked with the trumpet players, and I got I got to know them. And when I started, when I talked to the band, Stan Mark was uh, playing in the band in the trumpet section. And Randy Purcell was playing trombone in the band. And these were ex-Navy band guys. So bang, right off the bat, when I said I'm in the Army, in the Jazz Ambassadors. You're in. You know, I had something in common. Oh, wow. You know, well, I I was in the Navy band. So right away they knew that I I wasn't just somebody, you know, down the street. Uh, And then I, I... I made a tape, a cassette tape. I don't know if people even know what that is today, but I I put a cassette tape together of things I played uh, in college and things I played in the in the jazz band in the army, some lead things, some solo things, and I sent it to Stan Mark. And uh, now. The, the next time I went to hear Maynard live, it wasn't like, oh, God, there he is again. It was like, Joe, hey, how are you? You know, it was like, uh, wow, that tape was amazing. Uh, I, you know, Maynard listened to some of it and uh, it was it just it was great. Uh, you know, we'll, you know, we have this one in mind and and, and this one. But, you know, we'll, we'll definitely I, I got up to the t- head of the the list top of the list for when somebody would leave the band wow and so here it was all those times going to hear them and and putting this tape together by playing but it was really stan uh who i have to thank for getting me on the band and and i'll never forget it was De- it was the december 15th or 16th of 1974 and they Maynard always took a Christmas break, so they were going to be off for a month, and then they were going to start up again in the middle of January of '75. And I get the phone call, and it's Joe. Hey, Joe, it's Stan Mark. Um, Lynn Nicholson, who was one of the trumpet players on the band, Lynn Lynn just left the band, and 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 how would you like to come out on the band? It was like. Wow. I I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. Here, somebody's asking me to come out with Maynard, wow. and this is somebody I listened to all through high school mm-hmm. and I idolized 
since I could hold a horn in my hands and he, and I'm being asked to go out and it wasn't like, can you come tomorrow? So I, I had a whole month where he said, we're going to start up in January. Uh, we'll send you a plane ticket and, uh, you know, we're going to start in Philadelphia and we'll, you know, so that was it. I, I had a month to let this sink in. But after he hung up, I was on the phone, like, I think for two days straight, like just calling everybody, family and, and friends. Oh, absolutely. And it was just great. And and, uh, and so that was it. I, I started January of 75 and stayed with them um, until December of 79, actually. So it was it was five years. But just, just the greatest. Oh, my God. It must have been. And I'm sure you miss it tremendously. What trumpet chairs did you play? Well, you know, I didn't really play lead. I, I mean, I played for, I, you know, on a couple of tunes. We, we kind of switched it around. I, Stan was the lead player. And uh, but Dennis Node was in the section. And Ron Tooley and, and myself. So we, you know, Stan would hand me here, play, play lead on this thing. You know, so we, we had our moments here and there where, where we, we were put in the driver's seat. I basically played a lot, mostly second and third, but it's funny because after I got called to do Maynard's band in that, that December, like a week later, I got called to play lead trumpet with Woody Herman. Oh, <laughs> Wow. Dave Stahl, who was Maynard's, or I'm sorry, Woody's lead player, uh, called me and said, "Joe, I'm, how would you like to, you know, come out and play lead? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have to, you know, I'm leaving. I, I got called to do something else. I forget what it was, but so now I had, to, I had to, I had to figure out whether I want to play lead trumpet with Woody or play, you know." in the section, like mostly second and third with Maynard. And I, you know, to this day, I don't regret the decision of, of being with me. I'd rather be with somebody I've idolized my whole life. No offense to Woody, but I turned down a lead chair. I turned down a first trumpet chair to, to play with the person I adored since I, you know, was in in high school well the good thing about that staying with maynard is like i said before all of you were lead players and that opened so many doors for you i also remember you playing conga with maynard oh gosh you know and that, that's another thing he he wanted to get a percussionist somebody to play play conga drums and he, he didn't want to hire an extra guy he said like you know, does anybody in the band have any experience uh, with with Latin percussion? And I guess you know, I had played a little bit of, with it in the army band. I had you know just dabbled in it. So I said, yeah, I I I, <laughs> I have a little experience doing it. So that was it. He he bought a set of conga drums, and um, and it was like I would play. And because the solo, when guys soloed on the band, they they were open solos. So there were times where the trumpets were sitting back there, uh, you know, playing a cowbell or or shake a shake a tambourine or something. And so I I played the the congas on these solo sections, and I I got I got it was like it was called a gooseneck microphone, so you can. I can bring it over when we're playing trumpets and then I turn it over onto the drums to play congas. But I picked up a lot of pointers with congas. Like Pete, when Peter Erskine came on, he showed me some things. And Ramon Lopez, who was the conga player on Stan Kenton's band, because we did a lot of concerts with both bands and he'd come over and show me some things. So, a lot. I got. A, I was a quick study and and learned a lot of different techniques from different people. So I I really kind of enjoyed it and grew uh, more proficient with it. And uh, 
it, it was another way of of getting. Then he then he started to feature me on on a on a conga solo. Wow! And it was you know like uh, so here I am playing a uh, a solo on on percussion, and it's funny because Earl Gardner when he's a, a tr- the lead trumpet player that I played with on Thad Jones and Mel Lewis's band when I got to New York. When when he saw me when I when we first when he first saw me he says you know I I went to hear Maynard's band when you were on it and I heard you playing percussion I said he said I thought you were a percussionist that doubled on trumpet wow so it was like I he didn't realize that uh, that trumpet was my main instrument I was doubling on on percussion but that was fun that was fun to to play play percussion on the band and uh you know sadly when i got to new york i mean there were so many great percussionists and i and i had i had all all i can do with just you know trying to get established as a trumpet player i kind of i kind of uh put that in the back seat uh you know the percussion playing i i have some drums here in my living room but i my fingers have softened through the years. <laughs> I don't have the calluses anymore. And with Maynard, I understand that you played, well, I know this from watching you with Maynard, uh, you played on top, some of his top hits you know, back then. Uh, could you tell the audience about those hits? And then I believe you have two gold records that you were given, one with Maynard and one with um, um, Ashford and Simpson, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I did four four recordings with Maynard, Conquistador, and then New Vintage, and then Carnival, and then Hot. It was called Hot, and the three, the th- the first three, he used Ralph on percussion. But when we got to the Hot album, he he, he let me put do the percussion on the record, and and that was like, wow, he had the 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 faith in me to to put to do percussion on one of his recordings. That's, that's, that was a really great feeling. And so I'm, I am playing percussion on the hot album. Wow. Good for you. But, uh, you know, we did, you know, yeah, conquist on conquistador. We, we did the theme from Rocky and that, you know, it was, it was phenomenal how that rose in the charts. I think it got up into the low 20, like 22 or 23 on the top, top 100. So that was great. A great break for Maynard. He really got into a higher stature, you know, with coming out with that. And if, especially if you were a brass player back in the seventies and Maynard became that popular, uh, that inspired so many high school jazz students because, oh, yeah. Right? I mean, and that's why they wanted to become a professional brass player or woodwind players or anything like that. So going on, let's talk about the other artists, some of the other artists you've been so fortunate to play with. Um, I believe you were with the Fad Jones Mellowist Orchestra for 25 years. Yes, yes. And and, and talk about talk about doors opening. Like, I, I just got to New York from Maynard. I... I I left Maynard in December of 79 and I, I go to New, I mean, and that, and people say, why did you leave? I mean, I, it, you know, it was time. I, I wanted to settle down and establish myself in one place. And at that time it was either, you know, Los Angeles or New York. So I, I was, I always thought of, I was an East coast guy. So New York it was, but I just got to New York that January and I, uh, I started subbing on, uh, like Ron Tooley who had left Maynard a year before me, uh, was, was playing on that, that and Mel's band. So when I got to New York and jab, I'm there like the first month I'm there, Ron called me to, to go sub on a Monday night for him with the, with, with the Thad Jones band. And, and that's where I got to know Earl Gardner who was playing lead. And, and we just hit it off immediately. Um, just a great person and great player. And, and we just, it just clicked, uh, 
getting getting along with each other. And this is the point we made earlier on with, you know, getting along with others. But anyway, uh, here we go. That March, like, what is it, three months I'm in New York? That March, Thad and Mel, well, now Thad left the band. Thad went to Europe, uh, and it was just called the Mel Lewis Jazz Orchestra. So, uh, unfortunately, I never got to play with the band with, with both Thad and Mel there. When I came and started subbing in, on, in January of 80, Thad had left, so... Anyway, uh, they were going to Europe on a tour in March, like a like a four week tour, and and Ron Tooley said, "Joe, um, I can't do the tour. Uh, do you do you want to go for me?" <laughs> and it was like Earl really likes you, and uh, and Mel uh, likes you, and uh, so you know why can you do this tour for me? And I said, well, let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> of course. So here I am going on a tour with the Mel Lewis band three months into being in New York. Wow. And, 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 uh, and then when I, when we got back from that tour and I still don't know to this day, but Ron said, listen, Jim, I'm, I'm I have so much, so many things going on that I really can't make the commitment to Mel's band. Uh, can, you know, do you want to just stay on the band, and take my place? So here I, 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 I get on this tour, and then I'm in the band playing second trumpet with Earl, and. Um, and I stayed 20, you know, that was the rest is history. I, I stayed the Vanguard, the village Vanguard became my second home. We were there every Monday night and I was with the band until 2005. So it was um, a, a, another blessing to, to, to get that, to get that job. And, and Earl and I, you know, it's like family and, you play with somebody that long, you know, you, you, you just think alike. Uh, I, I knew what he was going to do with every note, every inflection, every, the way he phrased, I just, I just, you know, did it exactly the same. We were at Radio City Music Hall and I remember you came into the green room and you said, hey guys, I'm, I'm so happy tonight. I, I was able to contract the uh, uh, trumpet section from the Vanguard Orchestra, and I can't wait. It's going to be like <laughs> old times, and you know, you are beaming from ear to ear, and you know the camaraderie that you have with these guys and still do. You know, it's mm -hmm. infectious. Everyone can tell, and that creates for just a great energetic performance. Yeah, and that and that was Earl Gardner and and Glenn Drews, yeah. who's another another great friend, and and great trumpet player and i think that aretha gig was the first time the three of us played together because we all left the, the mel lewis's band at the same time that aretha gig was the first time we played together since i remember you saying that yep and it was yeah the whole day was just great the the jokes and the laughing and 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 it was like we never it was like we never stopped playing together i we knew exactly <laughs> We just we just locked in like it was yesterday. So, do you have any funny stories? I mean, we've been together on many. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing already. He's got twenty eight thousand stories to say. But uh, can you share at least one? You know, that was funny about a musician or a gig. I probably know a lot of them. <laughs> oh gosh, you know that's that's a that's a tough one. You know, we were always into the Italian uh double talk like you know like uh when <laughs> right. we play a song we we, we would put lit we would put italian <laughs> lyrics to it right. so, and so that was always a big joke that we'd always you know be be doing that let me share with the audience something that you continue to do on every gig i don't care what it was so you know when you get on stage and you're ready to play behind you know one of these artists we've talked about you know, everyone's on high alert and the audience is anticipating a great show. 
The first thing that you hear from any show, a theater or Broadway show, stage show, is to alert the audience is a timpani roll. So there's a timpani roll, and here's Mazzello in the back, and you hear him say, and now. So because he's... <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and now. Right, so he starts to do it, you know, to let us know, well, that's what the MC is about to do. And the guys in the horn section, you know, all the trumpets, trombones, the saxophones, we would just start laughing, you know, and the audience is perceiving, oh, these guys are having a great time, but it would really just, you know, calm the nerves. Okay, we're ready to play. We're going to have a great time. You know, I didn't really realize it at the time, but it, it did kind of loosen things up and, and, and get, you know, release, lower the stress level a little bit. You know, everybody's like, I used one of my things I used to always say, all right, everybody, let's tense up, tense up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I meant it in a, in a, in a reverse. I, call, I, I said that to, to make everybody laugh and, and loosen up. You have to have a little humor just to keep keep your sanity. You can't. And, and everybody plays better that way. I agree. I mean, you still I'm not I still have respect for the job. And and when it when that when it when when the conductor raised his baton, I mean, it we were, we were it was all business and 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 serious. But, you know, you have to have the, the lighter moments uh, before and in between and, and after, you know, just to, um, release the tension a little bit. I agree. You're a hundred percent right. Yep. Joe, do you remember how we met musically? Well, you're going to tell me, I'm sure. <laughs> Cause I, and I, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I, I can't remember, but maybe when you when you start saying it, it'll it'll come to me. Okay, well I recall one of two things, and I can't get it straight in my head. What came first? One of them is the school I was teaching at, uh, where I used to um, recommend to my trumpet students to go study with you, and and you would hear the difference at the very next concert. So I'm always grateful to you for you know teaching these kids the right way um before that it was career day at the school and i was told from one of the people that uh you're friends with that oh i'm having my um friend's husband come by today he's going to be talking about what it's like to have a career as a trumpet player in music and so that was one of the times, and you brought your two gold albums. I'll never forget that. There was another time for a club date band that I had. My trumpet player, he couldn't make it, and he said, I'm going to send Joe Mazzello. Now, so, I, think that was, I think that was earlier than the career day thing. Okay, like I said, I couldn't get it straight in my head. But, I mean, you know, I see you walking into the, uh, the hall. You came in, and it was like, oh, my God, straight ahead. And your, <laughs> your attitude was, oh, man, I love this. This is cool, man. Call me anytime. It does one. It did wonders for me because, you know, you're doing Broadway shows and you're doing the same show every night for six months, a year, two years. Right. I think I think I did. I think the longest show I did was Dream Girls. It was three years and 10 months. But anyway, when you when you when you and luckily you can take off and when i so when i'm i'm there doing your job it was so refreshing and 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 uh stimulating to to do something different and and i you know you geez you, you, I, I enjoyed it so much and and that you always have to it's showing respect to every to, to, to people like i always thank someone for having me thank I, I thank you for asking me thank you for having me it, it, it was a pleasure i you know i i had a great time you know that that's the kind of things you have to always uh say to the to the leaders and people that are you're playing with and then shortly after that uh besides the aretha gigs uh, we were doing uh frankie valley in the four seasons 
And that was long before, you know, Jersey Boys came out. Um, but, and when I was on Broadway, I never had a full show of my own. Uh, I would sub. So I sub for, you know, a handful of woodwind players on the different chairs. And I loved that. That's, that's nice. You know, then you're doing different, different shows. So you don't get tired of the one. Exactly. I enjoyed all that. So it's the same experience you had coming onto a club date. Oh, this is different. This is really cool. And you like it. And it, so thank, thank goodness that, uh, you know, we were able to take off from these Broadway shows. I think at, at one point, I don't think you were, but they, they negotiated with the, the Broadway league and producers, you know, that musicians have to keep their livelihood intact and, uh, they have to, they have to be able to, to take off and, and, and do other work. So that was nice, uh, to, to, to do that. It kept, it kept the show healthier too, because, you know, you'd come back and, and have a little more, you know, you wouldn't be in a, a rut so much. Come back, from, come back from an outside job. It was like you just had a uh, a vacation or something, you know. I agree, and it reminds you why you got into this business because you were a gun for hire. Uh, There's <laughs> right, yeah, and yep. we we enjoy that. So, what advice could you share with someone that's listening to you right now that is inspired by you and dreaming and thinking about doing the same things you're doing, like you were with Maynard? Well, of course, you, you, you have to have a good work ethic. You have to really work hard on, you know, with practicing your instrument. And, and uh, you know, I tell students, uh, you, you, you know, you don't have to sit there like three hours a day. I mean, kids today have so much on their plates with uh, in school. There, there's so many activities and sports things and uh you know, whatever. And, uh, so I just tell them to try to put the time in on your instrument that you, you, because when you get in a position, you want to do a good job. Um, so that, that's, that's the main thing, but it's, it's listening, it's listening to other musicians. I mean, like I told you when I, I wore out the records of Al Hertz and Maynard and Doc Severinsen. And you have to listen to professional players of your instrument, in, you know, whether they're in their own group or, or by themselves. But you, you just want you want to hear what they do on the instrument. Like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize you can do that on a, on a trumpet. I, I, I'd say. And so you, it's 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 practicing, you know, intensely and listening intensely because that that it's not just pra- you know a lot of kids will practice like you know through the roof, but they they don't know how to make music. They don't know how to. Uh, it, it's it's blending. It's it's a, it's a homo- It's a, it's a a group thing. It's like a baseball team. You have to have everybody on the team has to do do their job and make and make and make a great team. So you have to learn to get to to blend with other players, and uh, and the listening really helps. Spot on answer. Thank you. That's excellent. So at the top of the show, I asked you if you had any philosophies or catchphrases, and I asked this of all my guests. So I'd like to share with you a catchphrase of mine that I feel really ties in the points together that you made through this interview about developing your chops. So it goes like this. It's not my way. It's the way it is. Ah, very good. Yeah, it's never you. It's 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 the group. It's the it's the whole group. You know, you you know you don't want to stick out and, and just uh, play like you're like you're the only one there. Right, and it goes back to formal training. Uh, your teacher or professor, whoever it was, said, "Play it like this." 
you walk away, you know, oh, I don't, oh, I have to do it his way. No, he's handing down a tradition. This is what you do. Yeah, it's a, it's a heritage that you have to honor. Right. You know, and, and, and there's been people that came, you have to honor, you have to respect your history and just, uh, you know, it's like it's passed down from generation to generation. So, I'm not I'm not showing I'm not doing something that's new. You know, I'm I'm doing something that's been passed down from a from a previous time. And I mean, I'm not saying that that music is just uh, traditions that, you know, you, you, you have to be creative and, 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 and do new things. But it's it's kind of a blend of both, I think. I agree. Joe, do you have any music events or new projects coming up that you'd like to announce or share with the audience? Well, we, you know, we all know we're we're in a, we're in a rough time here with the the pandemic and everything. So a lot of things are are kind of on hold. I mean, they're they're uh, I was I was going to do a Johnny Mathis concert at at NJ Pack in Newark. And uh, that's kind of been put on hold. And, um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I wish I can tell you that there were things coming up, but due to this changing day-to-day thing with this pandemic, uh, people are still a little nervous to, to come out and perform, you know? Last question. How and where can my audience reach you? Well... I always say that the easiest way is just to email me. I check my email round the clock and it's just Joe Mazzello at at AOL.com. Joe Mazzello at AOL.com. And I'll, I'll, and I don't just read an email and delete it. I, I will answer anyone that has any questions or wants advice or, I'll I'll respect anybody that that sends me an email and and of course you know I'm on Facebook I I don't I I'm not on I'm not on uh, any other social media um except Facebook so uh but that's I think the email's the safest way Well listen thank you so much for giving out such great information um, I've been a fan of yours long before we worked together. You're a tremendous player. Um, and one of the things you said before, you know, it's all about the hang. When you're hanging with Joe Mazzello, you're just laughing all the time. You're just having a great time. <laughs> you are. And I say that sincerely. And uh, I always look forward to knowing that you're on the gig because we have such a great time. So thank you, Joe. Well, thank you for the kind words and uh and thank you again for for having me here today. And uh, you know, the time does fly when you're talking about something you're you're passionate about. And that's that's another thing maybe to close with is that don't ever lose the passion. Yep. You know, Maynard Maynard said when he you know in, when he was in his sixties and fifties and sixties that he. He still enjoyed playing like it was the first time. So it's a always enjoy, you know, enjoy it and and have the passion. I agree. Joe, have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Scott. Uh, It was my pleasure. Same here. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks so much for joining me on today's show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and could hear why my guest got chops. Please spread the word to your family and friends about my podcast. And if you would like to discuss got chops in between episodes, you can reach me on Instagram at got chops podcast and on Twitter at Grimaldi music. I can also be reached on Facebook, Scott Grimaldi, the color of midnight. My website is grimaldimusic.com. And the address for this podcast is anchor.fm slash gotchops. 
Before I conclude with today's show, I'd like to share a catchphrase of mine that you'll probably hear me say quite often, for I truly believe it sums up what every artist has in common in order to achieve their chops. And it goes like this. It's not my way, it's the way it is. Join me on the next episode when we discover why my next guest got chops. Chops.